Design You Podcast, Episode 20. If you are stressed, stretched, and stuck, and ready to take your life to the next level, reach out to me for a free 30-minute strategy call to see what steps you can implement right now to design your best life. Email me at connect at tinamurray.com and let's create your own unique blueprint to lay the foundations for that life that you really want. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast, where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Daly Thompson. Daly is a client relationship manager for the Chevello Group, working in the design-focused loose furniture sector. He works primarily with architects and designers like me on hospitality, commercial and aged care projects. Working for MAP was where he found his first real mentor relationship, and this grew his love of all things design and changed how he looked at objects, places, people and products. Daly is building an off-the-grid SIPS home in southeast Gippsland for his young family. It is here that he is using his knowledge of design to build architectural bush modernism within a tight budget. Join me as I chat with Daly about going off-grid. Hey, Daly, thanks so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? Very well, thank you, Tina. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Now, tell me, what are you doing right now to design your best life? I To design my best life right now, I'm in the middle of... Um, quite a big transition actually in, in life, just um, doing a big tree change actually. So moving from Melbourne, moving the family, moving the life and wow. um, moving to Southeast Gippsland where we, um, we procured seven acres a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, two or three years ago. So quite a lot happening there. So within designing my best life of that has been a lot of planning around that over the sure. last few years. And also trying to change how we're going to live as well because it's going to be a big change and um yeah and and trying to work through that while still doing my job and 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 trying to get the kids settled and (laughs) and everything else as well so it's been a hell of a hell of a little roller coaster for the last while so yeah but it sounds like if you're doing a tree change there's a reason that you're doing that so it sounds like even though it's being a bit of a journey to get there you're enjoying the journey or at least you can see the end is coming why the tree change what what brought that on um well i've been in in melbourne for about 10 years and obviously i'm not originally from melbourne (laughs) tell by my accent (laughs) um but the the big change i guess for us was obviously you know melbourne it's it's quite an expensive city to live in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the big change probably came was when we when we had our first child, and and we were had been looking to buy a house in Melbourne for I reckon like three, four, or five years. And wow! And I remember going like with my son. He was it was a stinking hot day, and I, I was moving further and further out from every area I wanted to kind of be in. And yeah. I remember it being a stinking hot day, and I was in you know, a really nice area in, in uh, Montmorency going to an auction. And I had this, you know, two months old with me and, you know, cracking it. And I just went and looked at this house and, and it was a wreck of a house and it needed like about 200 grand thrown at it. Just Whoa. And, um, and it sold for like 150 grand over its reserve. And I, I, I was blown out of the, the water pretty much on the first bid. And I was like, 
<laughs> going to happen, you know? So yeah. it was really, we went back, I think, and we sat down and we talked about it and um, said, well, I don't want to live in the outer suburbs and, you know, kind of do that because it's the, that's my idea of purgatory and hell. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to, and I, I love the countryside. My wife's originally from Southeast Gippsland, so um, she already had family up here. So we said, well, you know, with having a, having the kid and, and being close to, to family and stuff, mm. it made a lot of sense. Um, and, and we started looking around that based on, on okay, well, what do we want uh, our lives to be like? And, and do we want to live in the, the little township or do we want to have some land and do our own thing? And it started to like evolve into, okay, well, why don't we build the house that we want and wow. do something off grid and, and with the real design element about it. Uh, you know, because obviously the industry are working as well, so heavily involved in that side of it. So mm. it really um, started to crystallize then as to what we wanted to do, and we, um, we yeah, so we we started looking, and it took about a year to find the right the right place, the right block, mm-hmm. and we looked at, it and there was always something wrong with the one we looked at, and you know, <laughs> uh, it was you know a big power line across the. <laughs> or something and you're like oh i can't live with that no yeah Uh, but at least you'd have power uh no um (laughs) so we 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 came across this blog it it actually came up on like a thursday uh evening on on, online and uh we came up on the saturday morning and and i bought it on we we bought it on the sunday so um it was i think the like fastest selling block of land ever in Southeast Gippsland. <laughs> it's like normally stuff takes like months to sell or like a, a year, three days to sell it. So, but you basically knew what you wanted, so it yeah, was an well, easy offer for you. Well, it was it was a very emotional sell because like you know it's where you want to live and where you want to be for the rest of your life or, or you know some major part of it and um to stand there and kind of we had this you know this beautiful view and and we were actually even up, we were up there today just having a look because there's a lot of work going on even my wife said today she's like oh my god like you just don't even realize how much of a 360 view we have here wow you know? and it's because it, you're kind of up on the hill just a little bit but it's still quite sheltered and, and it's it's just a really beautiful place to be and that was as soon as we stood there we we're like yep this is it you know so you know yeah. and, and, I, and if that can if that's a decision you can make straight away then you know that you don't need a lot more around that you know it's um it'll, it'll all fall in place so so that's where it kind of all started for us um uh, back in melbourne and, and then we we i already had been talking to the architects i knew who i what kind of wanted to use mm-hmm. uh, at that stage um archer studio is the name of the architects and i know them because they do a lot of lighting design and, and okay. i do them at denfair and a few other things so we kind of you know had a little kind of um, you know kind of friendship or whatever through that so um and you know, they were quite small at the time and young, like, you know, there's only a few of them working there. It's kind of pretty new startup kind of little architecture firm. But they, they not long after I met them, that one of their houses was on Grand Designs and, and that just, you know, they just... Holy cow. They blew up, you know, like it was yeah. crazy. You know, you can, you know they're, they're so busy, it's crazy. And, and, you know, they've grown quite a lot. But uh, I always love, you know, the aesthetic of what they do. And, mm. um, you know, and they're, they're kind of designer makers as well. So, like, they like to get their hands... Um, dirty a bit too which is good I awesome like that. yeah, yeah. what I'm, I'm like a bit too so um so the, yeah so we we kind of had a an idea of, of you know what we wanted to do even before we started but as soon as the block was kind of bought the guys came up pretty quickly and we kind of engaged them really quickly to get moving on on, on mm-hmm. the, the building stuff so 
Um, and uh, we settled on kind of what's called a, a SIPS construction on it. So it's um, structural insulated panels. So it's okay. huge in you know, Germany and, and Canada um, and the US as well. And it's kind of, it's used a lot in places with extreme temperatures as well, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, which is something Australia has, that nobody seems to understand when it comes to building a house. <laughs> yes. Double glazing, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of where the basis of it all started, you know, it was okay, well, well let's, let's do this and, you know, it's, it's a little bit more fresh and a bit new in, in, in the market here in Australia, but um, it also had a lot of um, positives, you know, in, in around the build time and construction. Okay. And so, on. so, you know, that was kind of where it all started and, and with the SIPS construction, then it allowed us to, well, I guess, firstly, one of the big things for me was, okay, well, can I build this house? Can I, can I build a design-focused house on a budget? That was a, a yep. big thing. And I, I think a lot of people, you know, feel, you know, design is out of reach in many ways, you know, mm. like, uh, from, a, from a house point of view. Sure. Uh, and, and I didn't believe that. I believe that it's possible, you know, I'm not a millionaire by no stretch of imagination. Uh, definitely not after this. <laughs> but, uh, but it was... Um, you know, we, we had a, a set budget, which was, was which was pretty slim compared to, you know, obviously you know, mm-hmm. where you, you expect so a lot of kind of more design-focused builds to be. And, and what it allowed us to do was put a plan in place that we, you know, I could use a lot of my skills and, and uh, around my work and what I've learned over the years to uh, and relationships to, you know, with people that would mm. you know, yeah, be able to help me out and stuff like that. So it kind of that's where it started and then we okay well how do we find the efficiencies in other things that i can control to you know have the house built so a lot of the conversations around with the guys at archer was talking about okay well with the slips panels what sizes do they come in um mm. what's what's the you know, our maximum efficiency without cutting and sure and stuff like that so yeah, and that's where it ended up so we ended up with in, in the design concept of a, a, essentially a pavilion house so it's just a you know that very simple rectangle and um, you know it's about seven meters wide because that's the length that's the that's the maximum length of a, a sips panel mm-hmm. um, for a roof um so flat roof on it um, and and we just worked around those those simple sizes of you know a panel is say 1200 by 27 yep. walls so we worked off that so there's no cutting you know you keep your costs down but you yeah. don't maximize what you do so that's where it all kind of started and and it kind of evolved from there in everything that we did within the house. So, you know, it was about making it timeless for our family because it was going to grow. So we had, we've had a second child since, since then. So, <laughs> you know, we needed, uh, you know, the room to, for them to grow and not just for what we had then. Um, yes. But also not overcompensating where you have 4 million rooms that yeah. you don't use, which are you know, such a waste of, of space. And, yeah. You know, like second second living rooms and, and stuff. And you've obviously taken advantage of the view that's been obviously being taken huge, into account. Yeah, so the view's kind of southern side, so there's a huge amount of glass in the house actually. So, in fact, all the living areas is kind of all basically mm. a glass box in the living area, so that you it all opens up and you kind of the living room, even though it's a, a ten meter by you know six meter living room, it becomes a ten meter by seven acre living room very quickly. Yes, you know, a lot of glass opens so. So yeah, and and also you know you're using you know all, all the you know for for passive housing you know all those uh, methodology too you know for mm. you know slow and, and and those types of things too to to cool the house when it needs to you know so um, yeah so that's that's kind of where we all started with it wow you know, so. so what will living off the grid look like 
Well, it'll change how we live. Uh, we're, we're investing in a pretty, pretty decent system to live off the grid. So it's, it's a full battery kind of solar, solar system. We actually built a shed on site that will house kind of that. So it's like a big engine room. So oh, wow. it's, a, it's a nine meter by six meter uh, shed, which is, you know, real man cave, but um, <laughs> it has other uses, not just the house, you know, whatever toy is in there. But um, yeah, it has, you know, all the batteries will be housed in there and, and, and the inverter and panels will be on the roof there so we can maximize everything. Mm-hmm. Also without kind of upsetting the aesthetic of what the house is as well. So mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of stuff to kind of to work in there. So that was a big part of it, you know, and, and you know, people kind of forget, you know, it's just a shed or whatever, but it's been really, really, really important to this house, actually. So yeah, nearly as, as the house. So, so yeah, there's that. And then there's, there's, a, there's two water tanks, 50,000 50, liter water tanks that yep. have to go in. Uh, we've got a dam as well, mm-hmm. which isn't holding water for some reason at the moment. So we've got to work. Okay. But uh, uh, we'll, um, we'll work that one out. So uh, these are, you know, these are all things to help us be more sustainable and, and, also, like I mean, there's a few reasons behind the methodology. It was, it was, you know, us wanting to to have a smaller footprint. Um, mm-hmm. Also, had financial reasons too. I mean, mm-hmm. you invest a lot of money at the start, but for much larger again, we and we looked at the costs as well. Like, I mean, for us to actually connect to the power was nearly as much as it was to get the solar system. Wow! All the software away. So, and then I would have to pay for power for the rest of my life. So yeah, no brainer. It makes absolutely no uh, no sense to do it to do to uh, to connect to it, you know. And so that was it. All added up anyway, you know. So um, so for for me, it was uh, the way to go. Um, mm. you know, the house itself because it's a SIPS building. The way it's it's um, the panels, the SIPS panels are essentially it's two pieces of oriented strand ply, or okay. strand board, uh, and, and a massive piece of insulation. Um, yeah, and they essentially just locked together and they, they have very little uh, air gaps in them and uh, mm-hmm. so it allows for kind of maximizing um you know your insulation properties in the house and um, okay. uh, and then we did you know double glazing six mil double glazing and um you know thermally broken frames as well so we didn't want to lose you know so we're investing a lot more money in the start of this build so that we we can we can change the way we live but it would even you know we don't have uh, we have to change who we are as well. Uh, mm. From a energy perspective, it's you know, you get so used to leaving the light on. And, and, yeah. You know, I, I, you know, you can't do that in this house because you don't have infinite power. You only have it for what the sun gives yeah. you. Yeah. And, and we have got a backup generator, but you know that means that you're, you know, you're using extra mm. fuel. So, um, so it's just about us changing our mentalities towards that too. And I think when we move in and really start to. To get across that, we're trying to change it a little bit now. I, I end up walking around the house here and mm. knocking off lights all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is what we should all be doing. That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> Definitely trying to, to, to change it from that point of view. And then also we're going to look at utilizing some of that seven acres as well. Um, you know, can't just look at it. So, you know, so we will when we we haven't decided yet exactly what we're going to do. Funnily enough, I, uh, it's really good potato growing country. <laughs> You are a few. It's really funny because it's like across from me, the view, it is like this massive dam, which almost looks like a lake. And then there's a big potato farm, which is this beautiful red soil. Um, but, you know, it's a potato farm. So everybody has a good laugh off that. With me. You know, like, boy, potato farm, Irish man. So, are you from the country in Ireland? 
Um, I'm actually originally from the city, but my, my mom built a house in the country. So I, okay. I kind of had the best of both worlds kind of growing up. So um, so it wasn't a big daunting thing for me, to be honest, to move to the country. Actually, mm. probably more daunting for my wife moving back to where she grew up so, uh, after living in the city for so long. So um, so for me, and I, and I love it up here. I just love coming up here and I sit on the deck in my mother and father-in-law's house and just have a beer and relax. And Almost sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty... It's a much more simple existence, and um, you know, and, and I think that for me was important trying mm. to simplify uh, what I was doing. You know, mm. you know? like in a, um, you know, I found living in the city, you know, you, you you weren't taking, especially when you have kids, you don't take it, can't take advantage of a lot of the things that you loved about the city. Yeah, it's just, it's just not accessible and it's, it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to go for dinner and bring the two kids. But um, you know, so it's you know, it's it's a lot of the advantages of that kind of kind of dissipate over time, you know. And 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 you know, your your um, my son is is he's he's three, you know, he's nearly three and a half. He's um he's just flourished completely since he's moved up here. It's, it's okay, amazing. It's amazing the difference. In what way has he changed? Um, because I mean, firstly, he's outside all the time, and I think yeah. living in in inner city Melbourne he's not like he wasn't because mm-hmm. just firstly from a safety point of view it's much harder and there's not much space mm-hmm. in, in where you are and, and, and so it's, it's for me it was I could see the difference as soon as he got up here he's, he's just out and he's rolling around in dirt just constantly which is good for him and he yeah and he, he's just he's just a happy dude you know he's just out all the time and having fun you know so yeah and, just, and he, he loves cows which means that he's <laughs> you know he's in his element <laughs> Look, Dad, cows! You know, it's all here every five minutes. So I'm like, yep, more cows. Yep. <laughs> They're around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots of them. You're going to see lots of them for the next twenty like, years. So, um, so yeah. So for 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 me, seeing him him change and, and kind of grow up a bit uh, here uh, has has been really good, you know. Uh, mm. And him to spend time with his family, you know, spend more time with his grandparents as well, you know. That's have, true. Have um have those mentors around him, you know, like those people, those life experiences that he'll have growing up that, you know, he wouldn't have as much if we were in the city, you know, because he'd see them, you know, every few weeks or every month or something like that. Yeah. You know, he's around the corner here now. You know, so you moved away from your family, I assume. You said your mum was yes. in Lalland, yeah, so they, they all live over there. So it's just me. So yeah. yeah. So I moved here about 10, 10 years ago, as I said, um, I originally came over on a, a working holiday visa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And had a, a banged up old painted, hand painted uh, camper van. <laughs> well, it was a van with a bed in it, you know. <laughs> you a camper van, all you want. But, uh, um, and you know, just just travelled around, you know. And it was it was an amazing experience traveling Australia uh, and just working on farms, chasing mm. away deadly things that you not used to. <laughs> all sorts of things, but um, you know, great stories, and and you know, it's jobs that you would never do if you wanted to but you do them because you want to you, you want to keep traveling and you need more money to keep traveling and but it, you know you, you look back at it really fondly you know i, I really yeah. look back at it really fondly as a really really awesome year a very free year you know like it's a mm. very free existence for a year where you kind of don't know where you're going and i think mm. you need that in life every now and then you know and for me i really think i hadn't really i traveled a little bit when i was living in ireland but you know it was kind of you know I hadn't really kind of worked out what I wanted to do and work and life and anything else. You know, I was quite young. Um, you know, I was twenty, I was twenty-five when I, nearly twenty-six when I moved here. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, so, and then after that year, yeah. So the beauty of that working holiday year and doing all that working on horrendous farms everywhere is that you get a second year visa. And that allowed me to, to get a job that allowed me to get sponsored for a while. And, okay. um, you know, and that, that, uh, which was really good. You know, it was, it was good because it gave me a bit of stability to work at where I wanted to be and mm. whether I wanted to stay in Australia long-term. And, and, mm. and I certainly did. And, you know, I met, met my, my wife now, who, you know, back then. And, um, you know, that really solidified it for me, you know, so, yeah. um, so yeah, so it's, it's been a really interesting little journey that, and, um, probably were really from a, design perspective for me because my first job I had was I was working for like a home office kind of company but it was you know pretty pretty basic stuff and it, it just paid the paid the money it wasn't really anything I was that interested in as such but I, you know I, I worked in kind of you know in that industry in Ireland I, I you know tiles flooring a bit of furniture and stuff like that and, um you know because that's and that's kind of where I ended up but um you know I really kicked off I joined you know I work for Scavello now which is um pretty large juggernaut mm. of a company and, and but I, I worked for like a for map which is um maps uh, was a subsidiary company as well would bought uh, and that's that's kind of a really design focused and it was kind of ran on its own it was kind of separate to Scavello and um you know we, we were a good little good little team when I joined there and, and my GM at the time Jeff he was um a real he was the first real kind of mentor I came across I guess mm-hmm. in, in life I think I, I'd gone through jobs kind of early in life but not really had really found my own way without really having anyone to kind of bounce ideas off or really mm. out, you know and and, and um, he was the, probably the first one where you know I remember you know just even early on and, and you know trying to build your knowledge and he's like a walking encyclopedia you know with you know he just knows every chair and every sofa and every <laughs> me you know a coffee table and you know it's like you'd be like oh what's that he's like oh that's a pierre lazoni chair cartel. <laughs> and he knows who, who made it and who sells it and everything else and it was to me that was amazing you know to see yeah kind of inspired me to kind of go down that road and kind of learn more about it and it started to change my uh, kind of outlook on on how i saw the world in a way um mm-hmm. it allowed me to kind of i look at and it annoys my wife no end. Um, I look at everything from a design perspective now. So <laughs> we go everywhere. It's like, you know, I'm looking at materials, materiality. I'm looking at, you know, finishes. Um, I'm, you know, and if something's done really badly, it annoys me. So, um, so she, yeah, so that's, that's how it's really changed how I look at things. Everything. Yeah. Like, I, I wonder how someone's made and how, um, and I think before I was in East thing, I was sitting in the kitchen earlier and I was thinking that I was kind of, you know, mostly, I think before I would walk past everything without really looking at it. Mm. And, and no, I, no, I don't, you know, I kind of have a much, much deeper kind of, uh, looking at the detail of everything. So yeah. That's, that's kind of, um, been a really interesting change for me over the years. So, yeah. But that's an interesting point because you're saying with your house, you know, part of the big driver for you is you did want to have something that also was, had a design to it. Yeah. But obviously there's, a perception that design means it's going to cost more money. Mm. But really what you're talking about is coming back to just really appreciating the the form of something or the feel of something. It doesn't mean the whole design is this wham-bang amazing yeah. thing. There can be parts of a design which yeah. are like, wow, they've done that really well. And that's just a really good metaphor for our life. It's the same with us. There's bits mm. that we do really well. We'll celebrate them. And then the rest we can maybe 
jumbled together into another, yeah, yeah, <laughs> another yeah, form. Yeah. True, there's a few bits, of, you know, I think, you know, people, you know, with me can be like, oh, that's really impressive. And there's other parts of guests and they're probably not saying so much as well, you know, so, and you know, you kind of, and, and that's a really, yeah, it's a good metaphor for life. Yeah, you kind of smash the rest of it together and you, you, you work on it, you know, as you yeah. go. So, um, and that, yeah, as, as you said, like, the, the house is like that, you know, there is, you know, like we used things in there that I was, you know, trying to, keep costs down on like you know i used uh, it, all the line all the boards inside are, are your good old pine lining boards you know your 80 swedish sauna pine lining boards. <laughs> but we, you know I, I use my skills and my um to come up with the finish you know i use I use my experience you know so like from where i work i, I it, co- it actually cost a little bit more money to finish them but it, the, the, we did a like a white stain on everything but we we finished it like a chair so the, the actual interior of the house is finished like a chair it's got a wow. four-step process of of how we would finish a chair for a project you know and uh, and you know the stain of that came from a project that i used and mm-hmm. you know um, like even in the like there's things like in the joinery i i like i i did a project for for dfat a few years ago and i did a lot of joinery work for them and what like the internals I mean, it's such, I mean, it's probably a detail only I'm the only person who's ever going to notice, but like, um, you know, the internals of the, of all the joinery, a specific finish that I used on a project for DFAT, which I really mm-hmm. loved. And I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it just came into my head as to how I wanted to use it. But also it wasn't, it was a really nice detail, but it wasn't the most expensive thing in the world either. Yeah. So, you know, it, and that's what it's about, you know, I think is finding those details and, and, and not having to just throw money at stuff, you know, I think that's, that's a big part of it, you know, mm. uh, like even like uh, the external of the house, it's a rough on board and batten timber, which I charred every board myself. Oh gosh. Uh, 2000 linear meters of it, two kilometers for anybody <laughs> to, to, to check. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, I took a week off work and, you know, like I did 14 hour days and, and, and my good old trusty shed, was very handy for it you know we built a we built a rack and we, we kind of stacked all the boards and, and we, we just charred and charred and charred and charred and charred and, you know i was sick of it by the end but I bet. Now, I look, now i look at the house and it's all you know clad in, in batten that you know we came up with finish for in, in reality and uh, you know it's really cool like the guys who who make the timber like contacting me about how i did it and they want to come up and have a look and mm. you know try and work as they were they've been trying to do it and and you know, trying to, they want to talk to people who are obviously trying it and stuff like that. So it just opens doors to talk to people in mm. the industry too and, and, and like-minded people who are trying to do things, mm. you know, push the, push the envelope a bit. You know? And I think too, the, you know, the big thing I've always found with design is the more that we're constrained by boundaries, whether it's a budget or something that happens on site, it makes us more clever about what we come up with. It really... People think you should have freedom to be able to do whatever you want. We're actually designed better as a rule when we've got constraints. I super agree with you there. Yeah. Every, every project I've been involved in over the years where it's, you know, there's solutions required that mean mm. you know, that it's, it's, you know, budget based. Sometimes you can do your best work, you know, you, I mean, most of the time you do your best work. And I think, yeah, I think when you've got carte blanche, I think you know, sometimes laziness creeps in because it's, yeah. Whenever let's just throw money at this, this, and this to make it look blingy or amazing or whatever. But you know, I think when people's backs are to the wall, that's when they really can can find the most in what they do. Uh, yeah, that's where I found we found it on this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you know, and, and we still will. You know, we've got six weeks, five weeks before we move in. So there's a few. You know, I was up there today, 
still, you know, trying to work out a few details about how we, you know, with the pergola and how to make that work without it seeming like an engineered, over-engineered thing, you know, mm-hmm. you know I'm you know, trying to work through that with the builder. So there's always something, you know, um, yeah. so it's, to me, it's, it's, it's right transitions across your life, you know, and um, yes, yeah, so it's been a hell of a, hell of a, a process so far. Mm. And the thing is, what you're saying through and through, what I'm hearing anyway, is that you've got a big picture vision and everything is coming to that. So, yes, yeah. it's about how you want to live. It's about how much you want to spend. And so every decision is coming back to that big picture idea yeah. and you're working towards it. And even your trips around Australia, you know, you're working on these shitty farms that you didn't want to work mm-hmm. on. That was, you had a bigger idea. I wanted to travel around Australia. I needed yeah. the money for it. So I'll do what it takes to achieve my goal. And I think that gets lost sometimes, you know, with mm. people that you know, they, they want what they want right now. It's mm. like, sometimes that's just not possible and you've just got to work with what you've got and, and work to that bigger picture, mm. you know, by, by, with smaller steps, you know, and yep. um, you just got to have that end goal inside, you know, and, and just keep, keep working to it. That's definitely yeah. something I try and do. So how can people get in touch with you? How would people get in touch with me? There's a, there's a whole pile of things you can do. Uh, <laughs> Follow, What's the easiest? Uh, yeah, you could follow the you could you could follow the house build mm. on Instagram. Love to. That's at bmn underscore house um, is, is the Instagram uh, handle for that one. Um, and there's also just my own personal one, I guess, as well, which I do a lot of a lot of my work stuff comes up on that. And, okay. You know, um, and that's uh, uh, daily. My name so d a l e y underscore r, which is my Robert, which is my name, <laughs> uh, underscore Thompson, T H O M P S O N. So, um, Daily Thompson was taken. It's a famous name. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, um, that's how people could get in, in touch with me. Um, through my Instagram, you could drop me a message. Um, if it's work based, you can give me a call to Scavello. <laughs> Any projects you need me to do? No problems. So, what would you leave with our community for to help us to design our best life? Oh, God, you left the hard one. <laughs> what would I leave? Um, trying to be true to, you, be true to yourself, be true to your, your own ideals about design and, and um, or, uh, around your life, you know, like uh, you can use your, those principles that you learn in your existence, in your everyday life and, and in your, your, your work life, especially. Mm. Use all those experiences in your mentors, um, you know, to... And I use them, I still use them, you know, I call them all the time, you know, if I, if I need something, you know, so, mm. um, yeah, I mean, that's a really hard question, do that at me. <laughs> no, I think that's a pretty good answer, that that was awesome, thanks so much, Daly, I really appreciate that, and I'm going to be following your house, I look forward to seeing it um, in its final bit of the journey, and obviously it's yeah. going to keep evolving as well, so, as you live, yeah, move into yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's seven acres to landscape, so, yeah, I'll be, <laughs> I'll be busy. You but, will. Yeah. You'll be, you'll be the guy with green knees and dirt all over you and dirty boots. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, that's already the way. You know, every time I come back, I'm covered in, in something, you know, it's like <laughs> mud or paint or dust or charcoal or whatever it's been. You know, I think of all, all it's quite funny. I'm probably the best dressed guy. It's all my old work clothes. I look all my old pairs of chinos. So <laughs> chinos to sight. And I'm like, because I don't wear them anymore. Very <laughs> funny. That's perfect. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time. No, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
A huge shout out to you for being here, for listening in, and being ready to step up to the drawing board. I honour your spirit and your openness to growth. If you have a mate who you think will benefit from hearing today's message, please share this episode with them. Another great way you can support us is to subscribe or to leave a five-star review in iTunes. These reviews really do assist us to raise the visibility of the Design You podcast and helps us to reach Design Yours from all walks of life. I really do appreciate the time it takes for you to do that. So thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it and live it.